to mind as clearly as you can your reason for this very session tonight. What is your immediate goal? How is it connected to your ultimate goal? Keep reviewing it in your mind until you feel it. Feel all the energy and emotions connected to it. Until it becomes a strong determination in your mind. Stay with the momentum that has started. Let that momentum fill your whole being. Feel it even in your body. Allow it to infuse the body in such a way that the natural intelligence within the body takes on this determination for itself. Ready to cooperate. And since the body also wants to achieve the objective of this determination, listen to the advice coming from the body. How should you position the legs, arms, the torso, the head and neck? Just bring your attention to that place and allow the body to guide you. Take the advice, implement them. After making the adjustments, directly perceive for yourself how having made that adjustment actually enhances, connects you closer to the meditative state that will actually be the platform, the foundation for you to achieve, for you to do the work that will actually help you actualize the objective of your aspirations. Let the very objective of your aspiration be your guide. out for the part of the mind that wants to take control and start doing things. Let that part of the mind relax. There's no need for it to do anything because what you're seeking is not something that you're going to create. It is something that is already there. The mind's natural perfection. After you've made 
the adjustments, both physical and energetic, as far as the legs are concerned. Bring your attention to the arms and hands, from the tip of your fingers to your elbow, to the elbows and shoulders. Not doing anything, just allowing. Not holding up the arms and shoulders. And as you make the adjustments according to your own body's intelligence, be aware of how that adjustment actually enhances to some degree the sense of ease, the pleasant experience, the pleasant sensation, the pleasant sense of being within the body. Also, making minor adjustments physically, energetically, here and there, forward a little bit, backwards a little bit, to the sides a little bit, until you feel centered, stable, comfortable. And that very physical stability and comfort. resounds in the emotions and the mind, connecting you deeper, closer to the meditative state. Feeling the sense of physical confidence, then move your attention to the head and neck, making minor adjustments Maybe the head is too far forward. Maybe it's leaning too far back. Maybe it's slanted on the side somewhere. Continue to listen to the body, advising you how to make the adjustments. And witness for yourself, through your own experience, how centering the head and neck actually enhances further the sense of ease, sense of stability, the pleasant physical sensation within the body itself. And just adjusting the physical posture, adjusting the, phys the energy of the body brings a sense of clarity within the mind. some degree. Let the mouth, teeth, tongue rest in their natural places. Adjust the eyes according to what suits you best, what actually further enhances or stabilizes the sense of ease, the sense of stability. Opened, closed, or half opened.
breath itself should draw your attention because some shift has occurred within the breath, within the behavior of the breath. And naturally, without struggling, turn your attention to the breath. Not trying to control it without any intention to force your mind to focus on it, without any intention to do anything about distractions. As you breathe in, know you are breathing in. As you breathe out, know you are breathing out. to keep the flow of awareness on the breath unbroken for 11 cycles. What you're adding is the intention, not the means to control anything. You're already breathing. You're already aware of the breath. Now just have the intention to keep the flow unbroken for 11 cycles while the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility continues to be further enhanced. The sense of clarity continues to be further enhanced. Enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride of the breath, taking you deeper into a more enhanced sense of tranquility, further enhanced sense of clarity.
try to move the mind without disturbing the journey. So move the mind to your motivation. So while you sense the energy of your determination again, continue to experience it within this new sense of tranquility and ease. One enhancing the other. Stabilizing the determination within the field of enhanced tranquility. Sense the space in front of you from your forehead all the way to the distance of a prostration's distance from you. You choose the distance, either at the void itself or further away from there, all the way to the distance of the length of your prostration. And while you continue to experience, continue to be aware of the sense of ease, the energy of your determination within that ease. Sense the presence of the infallible means through which you will without a doubt achieve the objective of your determination. As though your very perfection, your very perfected state, travel through time to come to you right now to guide you to achieve that state. some sign of the luminous presence of your infallible guide, then express your gratitude 
express your reverence and take refuge. Summon your determination to succeed. The goal of your aspiration means a lot to you. Feel again the value. Feel again its worth and be strongly determined to abandon the behaviors within your own being that obstructs you from achieving your objective. The hesitations, the fears, the anxiety. And be strongly determined to take on the behaviors that will actually help you achieve the objective of your aspirations. Feel the sense of tranquility in the body, the breath, and the mind. Be aware of whatever degree of clarity you're experiencing. And be aware of the momentum, the energy of your determination. confidence you gain, the sense of protection you've gained, and direct all of this towards the success of this session, and add to it an element of compassion. Let it be unbounded, embracing all without any boundaries, and let that strengthen further the momentum.
feeling energetically the momentum so far incorporated with a sense of the presence of the luminous infallible guide bring all of it to the crown of your head again feel confident feel protected and know why you're doing this rescue your mother, to rescue your father, to rescue your sons, your daughters, your friends, your partner. You love them too much. You don't want them to experience any further, any kind of discomfort whatsoever. for those who are presently without protection, without a protector. For those overwhelmed by afflictions, being tossed around easily by afflictions. Feel all of that within the presence of that luminous, infallible guide. And feeling prepared and ready, bring the entire momentum from the crown of your head through. center into your heart center and let your mind completely merge with that momentum.
take a moment to observe, just to be mindful of what's going on right now in terms of how close you are, how deep is your state of tranquility, how clear is your level of clarity. is the state, what is the level of your joy, Gently bring your attention back to the physical properties of the breath. And let the level of consciousness that is awakened by Turning your attention to the physical properties of the breath, also take in the physical properties of the body. Happened to that guy? Hmm? Hello, I'm your host. <laughs> Welcome to. As far as I, that's one that, that's what I can remember right now. The Caldor Montalban. Oh, that. <laughs> Most of you don't remember what I'm talking. Don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It seems like you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fantasy island. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't watch it too much, but I remember him. I was forced to watch it. <laughs> it was it was those weird that weird period in uh, society when there was only one TV. <laughs> 
and everyone had to take turns watching a show that someone else wanted to watch. <laughs> there, there was no smartphone. You couldn't go to your phone. <laughs> you couldn't go to your tablet. <laughs> okay. Are we reading from? You have it. I, I have it in there. Oh, okay. okay. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's read a little bit up to... Have you ever heard the Hot Sutra being recited in a very slow, melodious way? Very slow. I mean, you can recite the Hot Sutra in like five minutes. <laughs> and you can also recite it, you can take one hour reciting it. Okay. I'm saying that it seems like maybe one day we'll spend the entire night just reciting this. Okay. And not necessarily we take... A <laughs> in a very slow way in the Hot Sutra, but it might be uh, within the same mind frame. Where to, the reason that you recite it very slow is that as you're reciting it, you're thinking about the meaning of everything that you're saying, that you're reciting. But not tonight.
So you're going to skip around. So let's read, of course, up to verse when I feel like it. <laughs> up to verse when I feel like <laughs> you stop. <laughs> That's the verse. <laughs> so begin with the first verse. And as you're reciting it, okay, don't just think that you're re- re- uh, reciting, reading something that some nice guy wrote something long time ago, okay? Think of your own aspirations. Feel it. Number one, there is, there is something which has long as left unknown, results in life three planes of vicious circle. Beyond all doubt, it dwells in every being, to the Dhammadhatu Adivadura. When that which forms the cause for all samsara is purified along the stages of the path. This purity itself is nirvana. Precisely this, the Dhamma required to. As butter, though inherent in the milk, is mixed with it and hence does not appear, just so the Dhamma is not seen. As long as it's mixed together with affliction. And just as the inherent butter essence, when the milk is purified, is no more disguised, when afflictions have been completely purified, the Dhammadatta will be without any stains at all. As a butter lamp that burns inside the grass, not even slightly visible. As long as left inside affliction space, the Dhammadhatu is not visible. If one perforates the surface of the vase, whatever holes are made in whichever direction, through those and in precisely those directions, light will shine as it's its nature too. At the moment when the Vajra-like Samadhi is able to obliterate the vase, at that the very moment, the light burning inside will shine throughout the reaches of all space. The Dhammadatra was never born, nor would ever cease. At all times, it is free of all afflictions. At the beginning, middle, and end, free from stains. As the fire, the freshest gems, shines with the brilliant light all the time. But when we find within the grosser stone, we do not see its bright light shine. 
just so all those skewered behind afflictions the Dhammadatu has no trace of floor while Sansara lacks its light it does not illuminate Nirvana gain its light will brilliantly shine if the fundamental element is present work will yield the sight of purest gold if the fundamental element were lacking labor would produce no fruit but world as kernels are not considered to be rice as long as they are involved in their husks just so the Buddha is not given to all of those whom afflictions still unfold and just as when loosened from the husks the rice itself is what appears just so the Dhammakaya itself when loosened from afflictions freely shines it is said banana trees avoid pith one uses this example in the world but the fruit of such a tree has pith indeed when eaten it is sweet upon the tongue just so samsara has no pith as long as it is mixed together with the fruit of, sorry, and can remove afflictions heal, the fruit within is Buddhahood itself, the nectar for all corporal beings to taste. And just as from a given kind of seed, the fruit results resembling its cause, who with common sense would seek to prove the fruit exists without its specific seed as cause. The basic element which shows as seed is seen as a support of all great qualities. Through gradual refinement, step by step, the stages of Buddhahood will be attained. Although the sun and moon are unstained, five veils exist which manage to obscure them. These consist of clouds and fog and smoke, the face of Rahu and dust as well. And so it is as well for mind's clear light. Five obscurations manage to obscure it. Desire, laziness, ill intent, and agitation too, as well as doubt. And just as fire can clean soil cloth, miscolored with various marks and stains. And just as when submerged within the fire, the marks are burnt away, but not the cloth. In just this way, the mind, which is radiant clarity, is soiled by desire and the other stains. But the fire of primordial awareness burns up these afflictions without, however, burning away radiant clarity. Okay, we'll stop there. We reached the point. So far, there isn't what can be said to be a positive 
not positive in the sense of good or bad, but positive in the sense of an actual something that can be presented to any of the five senses, any of the senses, that can be said to be, oh, here is Dhammadatu. Right? So far, there we are told there is Dhammadatu. It's everywhere. Every being is in every being. And not knowing it is why we experience all the difficulties that we experience. And so far, we've read 20 or so verses. And so far, there isn't any presentation that says, okay, this is what the Dhammadatu looks like. This is what it sounds like. This is what it feels like. It just keeps giving similes. Or just like rice in the husk, just like the, the clouds covering the sun, just like this and that, the Dhammadatu is like that. So only through analogies and similes can they talk about the Dhammadatu. But you cannot make any definite statement about the Dhammadatu because any definite statement will be the realm of, of conceptuality because the Dhammadatu is beyond conceptuality, so you cannot give any concepts that would be a direct pointing to it. So how do you ever get to the Dhammadatu? How do you get to know it if you cannot know it through any of your senses? That gives you uh, a clue as to how to find it. You have to make the, dense, the, the senses go to sleep. The meditation on Dhammadatu is basically a meditation on going to sleep, putting every aspect of your being that is connected to conceptuality, putting all that to sleep. And you're doing this, it's like a, you're going through a conscious sleep. And as you're going through conscious sleep, you have become to experience levels of things that you were not aware of before because of the gross aspects of consciousness that were awakened. And when they go to sleep, the most subtle aspects come into being, and these are also conceptual, and they also have to go to sleep so that even more subtle levels of, of uh, more subtle objects comes to, uh, come, comes to the surface of your awareness. Eventually, you arrive at verse 19. And so it is as well for mind's clear light. Five obscurations manage to obscure it. Desire, laziness, and ill intent in agitation too, as well as doubt. These are considered to be also, uh, these are considered to be the classically the obstacles that prevents us from resting in the mind's natural state of meditation. And these are the natural enemies to meditation. So whatever you do, essentially, is a way of calming these things in the mind, their presence, their, their function, their activity, desire, whatever level it exists, laziness, and what, laziness more in the sense of dissatisfaction, discourage, not just uh, the lack of energy to, to do, okay? uh, ill intent, all those five obscurations in all the, their measures, they, they're already active in the mind. And your meditation is to simply relax them. Relax them. And as you relax them, the natural... Uh, where was that? Yeah, verse 17. The basic element which serves as seed is seen as the support for all great qualities. 
then all those great qualities that you feel drawn to develop, being feel drawn to embody, they're already present in the mind's own true nature. And by making those gross elements of the mind become inactive, then those qualities become apparent. Then you're able to embrace others with an unconditional love, without fear. Then you're able to embrace everyone with love, without fear. Then you're able to know truth without fear. Then there are no limits to what you are able to do. And this, all those great qualities that you can consider, they all become. And the gradual refinement that it's talking about is not gradual in a sense of then you collect a little bit of this and you collect a little bit of that, but it's actually letting go of this, letting go of that, letting go of this, letting go of that. It's a process of, of I can use that word, uh, sub, sub, uh, sub, uh, subliminal? Sub no, sub, uh, ah, so what was that? No, 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 no. It's something close to that. Sub, uh, no. Because what's sub? <laughs> sub, uh, sub, 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 no, but some sub, something of subsiding happens. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a religious word, and it's very it has to do with you no know, devotion. It's the connect. No, not I mean, it's eventually sublime, but <laughs> a lot of words with sub. <laughs> what did you say? Sub sublimation. 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 Yeah, I think something like that. <laughs> you know, you, you know, it has to be letting go, you know. Submit. Submit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah sub, uh, submit. <laughs> it's not quite that word, though. Well, it has to do with that word. <laughs> the beginning was sub. <laughs> so the, the meditation process of Dhamma Datu is a process of that. It's just letting go, letting go, letting go, and trusting that there is already all those great qualities that you are aspiring after. They're already within you. And of course, as you are sub, that word. <laughs> Surrender? Surrendering? Maybe that's, that's why you can find it. It's <laughs> so you surrender to that within you. As you're going through this process, gradual process of surrendering, of course, uh, some of the qualities that you were afraid of, that you were uh, hiding within your mind by suppressing them sometimes, of course, they start to appear. And what you have to continue to do is not uh, identify with them. Okay? Don't think now, now I find my true self. I'm this awful person. There it is. I've always known it. And I've, I've dug deep into, into, the, into my mind. And then I, there it is right there. There's this awful person. Now, and now I know it. No. Don't, th that's not what you're supposed to surrender to. <laughs> okay? Go back to the Damadatu. This is incredible source, the seed of all great qualities. And until you find, uh, just like when the Buddha sat uh, under, the, under the tree that became known as the Bodhi tree, uh, until he found that element, he, wasn't, uh, uh, he didn't reach satisfaction until he found that element, that only 
the mind and the element can sort of verify each other, one another. If the mind rejects it, no matter how sublime it, it, it appears, then it's not it. And if it's uh, if it uh, if the mind accepts it, but somehow it doesn't fully fulfill what the mind was really after, then you, then you have to go beyond. You haven't, you haven't found your object yet. So it is there has to be a sense of of irrefutable irrefutness. No. Irrefutability? Yeah. Yeah. There has to be a sense of irrefutability with the object that you found, with that you find in your meditation, in your surrendering, surrendering, surrendering. There isn't there shouldn't be something about it that you say, well, it's ninety nine percent nice, but that that one percent I'm not quite sure. There has to be a hundred percent. Okay? If there's anything about it that you doubt that you haven't found it you haven't found it yet. No matter how sublime or how how great it appears to be at first. Okay, keep going. You haven't found it yet. Okay? And that one percent that seems to be missing, once you find it, you see that one percent makes a whole lot of difference. Okay. Mind's still light. Twenty-two, in just this way, the mind, and what is it? Which is radiant clarity. Okay? So that's what you, you are looking to have appear, manifest in your mind as you are letting go of, the, of anything that is connected to those obscurations, desire, attachment, hatred, and so forth, doubt. As you continue to let go of all the objects, no matter how subtle or gross they are, then the clarity of the mind begins to manifest. Then the great qualities of the mind begin to manifest. And all of a sudden, if you are able to read the thoughts of the people around you, don't stop there. Okay? Don't think, oh, I've reached it. I can read people's mind now. I can go, I can make a lot of money from this. <laughs> if you still need money, you haven't found it yet. <laughs> okay. So, not only will you be able to find some of those qualities that you've been suppressing, you've been trying to hide from your own self because you don't want to be, deal with them, they will appear to you. Also, you will encounter incredible qualities that are not yet the ultimate aim. Like, yes, you may be able to read the, the thoughts of the people around you. As if, as if you know, just like you, you look at this and you're reading, like something object for your senses, other people's thoughts become objects for your own senses. You're able to, just like you're able to hear your thoughts, you're able to hear other people's thoughts. It's just one of the things that happens. Just to make you let you know so that if you reach that state, keep going, don't stop there. Okay. Some people reach that state and they stop. They think they've reached the ultimate. And they go out and try to make money from it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I wanted to jump to 59, and that would be it. I think it was 59. No, it wasn't 59. <laughs> I thought it was 59. That is strange. 
So when I am looking for that verse, you can review what we read, or just read. I wonder why I thought it was 59. I guess we have to read 59. <laughs> but first, let's read 56. <laughs> okay. This verse is specifically for what's going on in meditation and what is the goal of the meditation. Okay. All right. On definitely targeting its goal, consciousness engages in its object. Within the purity of self-awareness, the bodhisattvas ground or inherently abide. first two lines on definitely targeting its goal, consciousness engages in its object. So you, there's the aim of why you're sitting down to meditate. And as you're sitting down to meditate, just letting your mind rest, letting everything rest, then dif different things comes up in, in the mind. And as these things come up in the mind, when it says consciousness engages in an object, it doesn't mean the mind gets distracted by them. But the mind doesn't... Uh, it, what's the the object that the mind continues to engage is what is rather looking at the surface of what's appearing in the mind, that is looking at the label of what's appearing to the mind, passing judgment of what's happening in the mind, but rather the mind continues to engage in what is the true nature of that which is appearing. So the true nature of things is what the Bodhisattva, is what your mind, your meditation continues to focus on. And as you continue to focus on just that, whatever appears in, in, in the mind, within the purity of self-awareness. So the awareness itself that is engaged in this activity, it itself, its true nature is that what it is looking for. And the, what it says, the bodhisattva grounds all inherently abide, 
So within the purity of your own mind, of the very awareness that is aware, its pure nature, is where all bodhisattva grounds, so you can consider to be all the different qualities that you are, all those great qualities that were mentioned before, all those great qualities that are supposed to be uh, attained at, at, uh, once you reach uh, Buddhahood, they are already there. Okay. They're not something that you have to make up. They're already there. That's what I wanted to read, but for some reason, 59 made us want to read it. Because let's read 59 if I was all this all about. <laughs> it is that which guards the outer realm of beings and preserves their lives as well through countless kalpas. It is that which makes it possible for life to persevere within all living beings. It's just kind of um, difficult for, for me to understand. 56? 56, uh -huh. the, the one before. Was that everything that we are looking for is just. Or oh, not looking for, looking at. Yeah. So you're looking for one thing, the Dhammadhatu. Uh -huh. And as you're looking for the Dhammadhatu, you haven't found it yet, you find other things. That is, other things comes up in your mind. Instead of being caught up in whatever they are, pass, and then being caught up means you pass judgment upon them. This is good. This is bad. This is this color. This is instead of instead of being engaged instead of engaging them at that level, but rather and instead of fighting it or rejecting it or being attached to it, but rather you continue to look for what is the true nature of this that is appearing. Yeah, but. Mm -hmm. But at the end, what we are looking for is a consciousness that is, is seeing these objects, and then the I mean that everything that we are looking or trying to identify with is inside himself. The conscious of the consciousness and the purity of the purity is inside it. But we are using other objects to try to understand how it works. Oh no no, uh, the great qualities that we, when we describe a, a fully enlightened being, we think of those great qualities of, of that being. You know, omniscient, uh, uh, all, all compassionate, uh, unlimited in the capacity to help, and things like that. Those great qualities, they already reside within that very consciousness that is looking, that is engaging those objects. It's already there. Uh, the Bodhisattva grounds, you know, Stage one, stage two, stage three. When, once you reach stage one, there are these these qualities have become uh, available to the practitioner. Once you reach stage two, further qualities become available to the practitioner. Mm -hmm. Until you finally, at the last ground, you reach Buddhahood, you reach enlightenment, and all the qualities of Buddhahood is available to that practitioner. But it seems like it takes time. Like these are things that are unfolded with, within time. But actually, they're not. It's not because of with, 
they, they not dwell within time. They dwell within the Bodhisattva from the very beginning, from the practitioner, appearing to not have them at all, and the practitioner who has them fully developed. They were, it's not like they were added and then the person gained them. They were already there, just unfolding. Uh, practical use for verse 56 within your meditation connected to uh, that verse when it talks about what's the natural uh, state of the mind it, it presents it as it says clear light, natural clarity basic so your meditation on Dhammadhatu is basically a meditation on finding or awakening that consciousness, that aspect of consciousness called clear light. Okay. And how do you do that? You do it by basically continuing as you meditate. You become aware when you once you become aware of something that is more subtle than what you are aware of. That becomes the ob that becomes your new object of focus, but it's not an object for you to focus on, to grasp onto, but rather to it's like you're you're going from one uh, one platform to another platform to another platform. Once you become aware of that subtle, more subtle, whatever, it could be all of a sudden you're hearing something that is subtle or you feel something subtle, you feel some energy that is subtle, or you feel a level of consciousness that is subtle. Whatever that is appearing to be more subtle than what you were aware of before, that becomes where you now, it becomes like, uh, what's that what's the term I use? Uh, it's like uh, the, the place from where you are perceiving, what do you call that? Um, your point, what was that? Point of view. Oh. <laughs> was that easy? Okay. <laughs> so it becomes like your new point of view. Almost as if now my thinking is happening from within that. That is, as you continue to just relax, let go, be, being aware, you're, you you maintain your awareness of that subtle of, of that subtle uh, new uh, awareness, without rejecting the gross one, without fighting to get uh, your mind to get rid of it. You just shift your attention to it easily, without 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 struggle. And when something more subtle comes in, then you just shift your attention to that without even thinking, oh, now I have to get rid of this so I can move over there. How many steps does it take? How long will it take to I get in the center of it? Don't, don't, that's distraction. Just simply shift your awareness to that. Just continue to be aware of it. Okay? And as you continue to do that, more and more subtle things will flow. And if you just allow this to happen, the faster it will happen. And don't get attached to anything that, that, that comes up. Even if it's all of a sudden you some dirt <laughs> that you were hiding in some corner in your mind, all of a sudden it shows up and it, you know, it grew. And it <laughs> it's not just a little tiny little dust again, it's this huge dust ball. <laughs> okay. So don't just stay there and say, oh, I got to get a cleaner to clean this. <laughs> I want to get a course. <laughs> don't worry about it, okay? 
Don't get caught up. <laughs> just move on. That's something, just something that's just going to go away. And when you feel stuck, nothing, nothing, nothing seems to be happening. Go back to the meaning of verse 56. Okay? It's not that you're going to make something. It's already there. You're just going to allow it to unfold. Okay. And now we have to deal with verse 59 because you know, <laughs> it threw itself in my mouth. <laughs> well, to understand it, we have to read from 56 to yeah. 59. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. 57. <laughs> the mighty Lord's magnificent yeah. abode, yeah. the beautiful yeah. domain yeah. of Akanishta. And consciousness, the three of these together, can be blended into one, I dare say, dare to say. For the immature, it renders total knowledge. For noble ones, affords variety. To the mighty gods, it grants long life. It is the cause life-spanning covers a long march. It is that which guards the outer realm of beings and preserves their lives as well through countless scalpers. It is that which makes it possible for life to persevere within all living beings. that uh, requires <laughs> more than just one reading of it. But basically, it's talking about... What is it talking about? <laughs> kind of the basic... Just kind of a basic desire to get towards that, move towards that state. Mm-hmm. Kind of a primordial need to keep, it, to keep us going. That primordial. You got there. That word. It, it, it's a primordial kind of... Essenceless essence that we're always moving towards. We're always fumbling towards ecstasy. So, okay. so yeah, primordial essence. <laughs> Damadatu. <laughs> okay, all this is about Damadatu. <laughs> no matter what you're reading, it's about Damadatu. Okay. So it is that place, it says, what's an abode? That's where you can say, oh, this is where I live, this is where I reside, this is where, you know, this is where I'm staying. Okay? It's the mighty Lord's magnificent abode. This is a place where you arrive and you say, okay, this is it, I've arrived. Okay? The beautiful domain of Akanishta. Akanishta is supposed to be, uh, it's referred to as a Buddha land, a paradise, but this is just stumbling words to try to express it. It is still just the your own minds imagine all the great qualities that you can manifest manifest before you that's akanishta okay and consciousness and these three together are blended into one so all these are the same thing your consciousness akanishta that place was supposed to be the the, the resting place where uh where, where you finally arrive in your search in your journey your spiritual journey when you can say, okay, now I have arrived, my job is done, and your consciousness, all these are already one and the same thing. Okay. And it is this thing that allows, basically, 
those two verses, 58 and 59, it is that which allows samsara to be samsara. It is that which allows nirvana to be nirvana. Without it, there would be no nirvana, there would be no samsara. It is the fundamental nature, it is the primordial essence of things. So as you are thinking, not as you are thinking, sorry, don't think. <laughs> as you are meditating, letting go, whatever appears in your mind, you have to make that equation. The fundamental essence of this is Dhammadatu also. When you reach that point, that stuff in your mind that you don't want to encounter, the fundamental essence of it is Dhammadatu. When you have that, oh, look, I'm reading people's mind, that beautiful experience, that also is the fundamental, its fundamental essence is Dhammadatu. So don't get caught up in the, be the beautiful appearance. Don't get caught up in the ugly appearance. Continue to seek the fundamental essence, primordial essence. Okay? And you'll be free. That, and that, that's why the Buddha's freedom is called non-abiding. Non it does not abide in nirvana, nor does it abide in samsara. Because the true nature, the fundamental nature, so far has not been able to be expressed, cannot be expressed because it is beyond expression. Okay? All you can do is just make analogies to, uh, uh, to it. You say, oh, it is like that, it is like this, but it's not this and that. Okay? It is not nirvana, it is not not nirvana. It is not samsara, it is not not samsara. It is beyond both. Okay? So, if you encounter something that is beautiful, a beautiful experience, if you can label it, then you didn't find the fundamental essence. If you say, oh, this is the fundamental essence, then you missed it. <laughs> you must become speechless, okay? Incapable of expressing it. Okay. All right, so let's try to find this inexpressible And just because it is inexpressible doesn't mean that anyone can come in and say and, 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 and call whatever experience they have it. Okay? Well, since it is inexpressible, my just being able to read minds is it. No. Okay. All right. So, first thing, three things you're going to do, right? What's the first thing you're going to do? Relax. <laughs> Reconnect with tranquility. What's the second thing you do? Fill it with fill it with compassion. And after you fill it with compassion, then you just now relax some more. <laughs> okay? Think things will come up, allow them to come up. Ugly things will come up, allow them to come up. Don't get attached to anything, don't reject anything. Okay? And keep going back to those its fundamental essence is Dhammadhatu. Okay. And if you all of a sudden start reading minds, don't read mine, okay? <laughs> you have permission to float if you want. Okay. <laughs> right, so. So reconnect to the meditative state that you encountered earlier just by recalling it. 
How did it feel in the body? How did it feel in the breath? Energetically? In the mind? Emotionally? Once you experience it again, stay with it, stabilize it. By re returning to your heart center, observe five cycles of breath, reconnect with tranquility. joy, with the clarity, until you can say, I'm feeling some level of joy, some level of tranquility, but I can't seem to go any further, but it's remaining, what I have is remaining. Then you fill that space with compassion, great compassion.
consider all the treasures that you've gathered so far while you were coursing in wisdom. What are you going to do with this great vast amount of treasure of merit that you have collected? Let your compassion help you distribute. Let your compassion help you decide what to do. Think of those completely overwhelmed by their afflictions that they are presently and will continue for some time in the future to engage in actions that will harm themselves while they are, harm while they are harming others. Share your treasure of merit with them so that they may gain freedom from their afflictions instead of harming others let them hold others dear in their minds heartfelt concern for a person, a place, a condition, dedicate your merit to address that concern. to your ultimate aim. Slowly become aware of the physical properties of the breath. And through that consciousness that is awakened by directing your consciousness, your awareness to those qualities. Become aware of the physical properties of the body, beginning with the crown of your head. And be in the body present from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet.
Next Friday is July 4th weekend. Something's happening in somewhere. Connecticut, yeah. So we won't meet next Friday. <laughs> Friday's the 4th. Friday's the 4th, or no. very close to, to it. But it's July 4th weekend. <laughs> Teaching compassion on July 1st? I just told me it was 26th, that's what I'm like. Are you having a, a class on compassion on July 1st? Am I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have an announcement. Oh, I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I swear on the whiteboard, we should be getting emails aspiring to take compassion. Mm -hmm. Is that something? Okay. Wow, okay. I guess I'll be teaching. <laughs> <laughs> July 1st, right? <laughs> now we have to hold All right. <laughs> Well, thanks for telling me. <laughs> so this is the compassion side. Okay. Very important. All right. Thank you, everyone.